Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I came across this old story that I remember from a long time ago. The story of a man who couldn't decide what side he wanted to fight on during the Civil War. So he put on the coat of the North and the trousers of the South. And guess what? He got shot from both sides. That's kind of a picture of what happens when we get compromised. And David's kind of got both of those on. He's in a place where no matter what he does here, he's really in trouble. Have you ever had to make a decision between two compelling positions or opinions? It's really hard to do, isn't it? Worse than this is having someone in authority decide a position for you, one that you might not have wanted to take. David is in this situation as a result of deciding to live in Philistia, outside of God's will. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, choosing to trust your own limited wisdom rather than relying on God's infinite wisdom often leads to being in spots like the one David finds himself in. Fortunately for him, God knew how to get David out of this tough spot. He can do the same for you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 28 as he continues his series called The Life of David. Well, if you're going to study with us, the Bible is just filled with information. If I was a character in the Bible, I would maybe like to remain nameless. (laughs) Any of you want to join me? Yes, because it doesn't skip who we really are. All the warts, all the rest of the stuff comes out. So we're seeing David in some of these parts. We're going to get to the really good part shortly. We already had a good part, and there's some more to come, many more to come. So if you will, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 28, the life of David. Now in those days, the Philistines gathered their forces to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, You must understand that you and your men will accompany me in the army. Now remember where David is. David and his men and 600 men and their families are living in the land of Israel's enemies, the Philistines. David ran there because he he just got tired of Saul was always on his case, trying to kill him. So he didn't hear from God. He went totally into the enemy's camp. He's there 16 months, and he has completely fooled the leader, Achish, into thinking that he's really fighting for the Philistines. But in reality, he's been going out 
He lived outside the city, so Achish didn't really know what he was doing. He's going out and he's killing Philistines everywhere in their towns. And he wipes out everybody when he does it. And then brings the spoils back for his men. So that nobody can claim that David's doing exactly what he's doing. So now we see something different because all of a sudden the the Philistines are gathering together to fight against Israel. And they're, they're bringing people from many different places. And they're gathering soldiers from all these cities. So it's going, to be a, it's going to be a big deal. Now, one of their goals was not only to defeat Israel, but as it is even today in Israel, it had to do with land. And on the overhead is this place called the Jezreel Valley. And it was... In those days, as it is today, very fertile. Those of you that go to Israel with us, we stand there, we overlook that, we do teaching right there. It's kind of the breadbasket of Israel. And they're going to fight. They not only want to get rid of Israel, but they want this land because it's just rich and ready because much of the Mideast, as you know, is dry and you can't grow anything there. Now, there is, by the way, you might take a look at that. We won't be there. Hopefully, we'll be through all that. But there's going to be some battles happening there at the Battle of Armageddon, same valley that we discuss and talk about when we get to the book of Revelation. Now, here's David, and he's going to be ordered by this king to join the enemy army to fight against Israel. Now, you talk about a tough corner he's in. What is he going to do now? Verse 2, and David said, well, then you will see for yourself what a servant can do. And Achish replied, very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. You're going to hear me say this a couple times tonight, dumb and dumber. (laughs) Now, let's just be honest. Let's be fair to David. Anybody here been dumb or dumber? Let me see your hand. More than once? Let me see your hand. Okay, so you're going to see this tonight. You're going to see, we're going to say, this is David, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, movie could have been named right after him. Now, if he refuses Achish, he can't really do that without danger of he and his 600 soldiers being killed instantly on the spot. If he says to Achish, well, you know, for the last 16 months, uh, um, uh, it's over. It's over. He had never be king. It's over. He'll be killed. All the armies there. He doesn't have a chance with 600. Against he's out of the will of God. But if David does fight and go against Israel, what happens with that? Well, that would end his chance of ever being king of Israel. When they know that David's gone out and killed his own people. Fighting with the Philistines. So David gives this interesting answer. And basically it's a little evasive. It has a couple possible meanings. Well, you know what your servant can do to assist you, or you know what your servant can do to double-cross you. So David is hes compromising, as he has been for 16 months. He's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He's between a rock and a hard place, and it's really an uncomfortable position. I want you to write this down, then we're going to turn to a passage. You know this. The wise person follows God without compromise, no matter what the situation is. 
We seem to get into places ourselves where we think if I compromise just a little bit, it'll get me out of this position or this tight spot or this difficult situation. But usually it opens us up to the next step of compromise and it gets more difficult, more difficult, more difficult. And pretty soon here we are, David. He's been lying for 16 months. He's been killing people for 16 months. He's totally deceptive, but now he's cornered. Turn with me, if you will. We'll be right back in a moment. Second Timothy chapter 4. Just keep your finger there. Second Timothy chapter 4. I came across this old story that I remember from a long time ago. The story of a man who couldn't decide what side he wanted to fight on during the Civil War. So he put on the coat of the North and the trousers of the South. And guess what? He got shot from both sides. That's kind of a picture of what happens when we get compromised. And David's kind of got both of those on. He's in a place where no matter what he does here, he's really in trouble. Second Timothy chapter 4, we're warned about compromise. Especially as we get to the end of time. And of course, we see those signs more and more. Let's just remember this tonight. Because it is happening in the church as we speak. In the presence of God, in Christ Jesus, who would judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Timothy, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instructions. Now here's why they charge. For the time will come and men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. So we're warned as we get near the rapture and the tribulation, there's going to be many people, now this is strange, there's going to be many people in the church compromising the word of God. We have a big situation now. I won't mention the names. Not a, you don't need to know unless you're into it a lot. You follow through, you see. There's an individual who's a very popular teacher. He's basically talked about that there's really no hell. Everybody's going to be saved. Everybody's going to go to heaven and whatever. And, and uh, God wouldn't do this. And very, very well-known person, very popular. If I mentioned his name, many of you younger people would understand who he is. Well, it's just caused uh, unbelievable blogs and things all over the place. Why? Because the guy is totally out of the word of God. Now, just think about this. If there's no real hell that lasts forever, what do you do with John 3.16? For God so loved the world that what? Gave his only son. Continue. Whoever believed in him would what? Not what? Well, if there's no hell, you can't perish. Perish, whatever. Jesus, what have you said? There's, There's two paths. There's two paths. One leads to eternal life. One leads to eternal damnation. Jesus said it. Not Paul. Not the Old Testament. Jesus said it. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, is that really happening? All over our world. And so as you're going through the Word of God, you're hearing it over and over. And just like me, as you've gone through and listening, man, it brings up. You want to stop, don't you? You want to study that passage, but you got to just keep on going. That's all right. You can come back to it. But it's got us into the word again. So we have to, we have to be careful because there's going to be these people more and more and more that are, that are very popular, very charismatic. They're going to dilute the truth. And they're going to, well, basically just live any life you want to live. But notice, Paul then says to Timothy, you know this one, 2 Timothy 3.14, but as for you, and let me just include you there tonight. 
Continue what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Well, who did we really learn it from? God. The Holy Spirit has been teaching this through. So just remain in the Word of God. Don't think about compromising. We're not into legalism. We're not talking about, you know, moving in the, out of the book of Galatians. We don't have any of that. We're just going to go legal again. We're going to worship certain days, eat certain kind of meats. Do all. No, we're not into that at all. But the truth of the Word of God, we must not dilute it. We must remain in it, abide in it, live it, preach it, teach it. There's a place for an amen in case you didn't know that. All right, good. So since you didn't say amen, you have to write this down then. Here you go. <laughs> Never compromise the truth of God's word. You know, when you think of leaven, those of us that like bread, leaven represents in, in bread a good thing, but spiritually it represents corruption, infiltration, and compromise. And very often in the Bible we see this leaven in getting in a church getting in an individual, getting into a Bible college, getting into the seminaries today. And it's an illustration of how something very small can turn into something very big. A baby rattlesnake looks cute sometimes from far away. It's small enough really to hold in your hand, a little teeny baby rattlesnake. But those of you that know, the venom of that rattlesnake, the baby, is more deadly than the adult. So we have to be very careful that we don't allow Satan to find himself into our lives and just kind of say, well, that's just a, this is just a little area. Now, a week or so, many of you will finally file your taxes. Many of you will have to now, tonight, file an amended tax return. Because maybe you fudged just a little bit. Just be honest with it. Be done with it. And then if you get a call from the IRS, say, you have the wrong number. Couldn't be me. (laughs) Couldn't be me. I was 100% honest. Nothing happened. So just kind of jazzing with you. But be careful because maybe there's even a, a sin in your life tonight like we all have from time to time. And the Bible says if I don't put that sin to death in my life, It will turn around and bite me. It will get you. It will get me. So if we're compromising the little areas, um, I have to say no to the enemy. So tonight, if God's speaking to you, and there's an area, just when I mentioned compromise, in whatever area, we we have to deal with it severely. Death to that sin. Otherwise... As we read the life of David tonight, that, that's where we'll find yourself because it just moves to the next place, the next place, the next place, the next place, the next place. Now, David wrote this verse, but he didn't live by it, at least at this time. Psalm 119.3 says, They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. Now, I wish David would have done that, but he's actually living in the land of the Philistines. Now, remember, the decisions we make today Turn around and make us tomorrow. So be careful. Be careful. As I was studying this, God just spoke to me about an area. And I had to deal with it. I had to deal with it. And you will have to deal with it. We always will have that all our life. But when the Spirit speaks to us, just listen to Him. Because God will help you deal with it. Put death to that area. Well, let's go back. Now we're, we only read 28 because that's the passage that gets us to 29. 
And just those two verses carry right on over. First Samuel chapter 29, verse 1. So remember now, uh, the Philistines are gathered there at Aphek, and uh, they're going to go against Israel. And they're from all kinds of cities, Gath, Ekron, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gaza. They're from all these cities. And uh, obviously, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a huge, huge army. Verse 1. The Philistines gathered all their forces at Aphek and Israel and camped at the spring of Jezreel. As the Philistine rulers marched with their units of hundreds and thousands, David and his men were marching at the rear with Achish. And the commanders of the Philistines, basically they said this in my terminology. As the Philistines are watching who's coming behind them, some of those guys obviously recognized David and said something like this. Number one, what are the Jews doing in line with us? This is the people we're going to fight against. And by the way, what's that guy there, David? Isn't that David? The guy that killed Goliath? And they're in our army? Where are the recruits from? We see that in, in, in verse 3. And the commanders of the Philistines asked, what about these Hebrews? And Achish replied, is this not David who was an officer of Saul, king of Israel? He has already been with me for over a year. And from the day he left Saul until now, I have found no fault in him. So remember now, Achish is totally deceived by David. He thinks everything's cool and he's trying to defend him. But the Philistine commanders were angry with him. And they said, wisely, send the man back, that he may return to the place you assigned him. He must not go with us in the battle, or he will turn against us during the fighting. How better could he regain his master's favor than by taking the heads of our own men? Isn't this the David they sang about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. So these generals, smarter than Achish, they just say, we refuse to go to battle with David. We're not going to do it. David, we know this guy. He'll turn on us. And they remember what a warrior he is. He's slain his 10,000. And so this is David. Now, the David they're talking about is not the same David now. This is not the David that's slain 10,000. This is not the David that killed Goliath, that trusted 100% in the Lord. This is David who's lived for 16 months in, in, a, in his own wisdom. No direction from God in 16 months. It's hard to say that about David, isn't it? Because when we think of David, we have this picture. But remember, David's just like you, and David's just like me. So there's the good, the bad, and this is going to get even uglier. So Achish called David and said to him, As surely as the Lord lives... You have been reliable, and I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army. From the day you came to me and now, I have found no fault in you. He's clueless. But the rulers don't approve of you. Now turn back and go in peace. Do nothing to displease the Philistine rulers. So he's saying, look, um, you need to leave. I, I know that you're fine. You would never do what they're asking you to do. But they're, they're really over me, so you're going to have to go back. And please do it right now, because if they get angry, they'll just kill you right here. So just go on back, go on back. So what is happening? Who gave wisdom to the commander of the Philistines? God did. 
You see, David's between a rock and a hard place. David's in a corner. There's no way out. What God's doing? God's making a way out. God's making a way out with the enemy opening the door. David's rescue is going to come from unbelievers. Well, that's not the first time we've seen that. So God has impressed on the commander of these Philistines to say to David, we don't want you. Get out of here and leave. Now, this is the first time when we mention grace tonight. Write it down because you need to enjoy it. You need to enjoy it. God's grace gives us another chance we don't deserve. David doesn't deserve another chance. I mean, he's blown it over and over and over. 16 months he's done. But God's going to give him another chance. All of us here have lied. We've already settled that. We've compromised. But David is far from God. He's certainly out of God's will. And yet God is gracious and unknowns to David. God is opening the door so that David can get out of this and fulfill what he promised he would be. God's gracious. I can think back in my own life. When I was in a rock and a hard place, stupid place where I was, so can you. And God opened the door. Grace. 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 So be thankful for God's grace. Now, remember I said dumb and dumber? I mean, remember I said that, dumb and dumber? Verse 8 is the dumber. But what have I done, said David? What have you found against your servant from the day I came to you till now? Why can't I go and fight against the enemies of my Lord, the king? Dumber. This is, sin makes us do crazy things. This is an Academy Award performance from David. He's saying to Achish, hey, what do you mean I can't go? You hurt my feelings. I want to go. David, shut up. He pretends his feelings are hurt. He lies even more. I've been loyal to you all these 16 months. That's a total lie. He hasn't been loyal to him at all. Now, we can take these last words in a number of ways. He may be playing it again. Uh, Well, it could mean that I would fought for God in Israel, but what is he thinking? David is far from that giant killer who we studied not long ago. We might say, wow, David got out of the 16 months of living a lie with no problems. Because he's going to be sent back now. And Achish doesn't know anything different. So David might be thinking, everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. But remember, we've said this many times. Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. And payday doesn't always come on the day we think it's coming. So David thinks he's out of this totally free. But you watch the rest of the chapter. Payback will really come. Verse 9. And Achish answered, I know that you have been as pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the Philistine commanders have said he must not go up with us in battle. Now get up early, along with your master's servants who have come with you, and leave in the morning as soon as it is light. So David and his men got up early in the morning to go back to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. So David and his men now head back to Ziglag, totally saved by God. This is not David's plan. Totally saved by God. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught about the dangers of relying on your own wisdom instead of trusting God and His wisdom. 
David got into quite a pickle by trying to decide to escape Saul and to live in the country of Israel's enemies. Even though it may seem hard, almost impossible, it's vital to learn to trust God to get you through challenging and perplexing situations. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue to teach about the life of David. You'll hear about David's quandary, how to avoid fighting against his own people. You'll learn how David's seemingly impossible situation, which he didn't have a remedy for, was no big deal for God to fix. You'll be reminded of God's grace in your life and how he's willing to help you if you'll call out to him. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.